As we begin our study of 2 Thessalonians, we're going to focus in this first session on these three names right here. Call them the author or the authors, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. And I'm going to argue next time that Silvanus is the same as the person Silas in the book of Acts. Remember Paul and Silas in Acts 16 in prison together in Philippi? Paul and Silas or Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, second letter now, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we take just a few minutes and focus on why uh, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy are all three mentioned here, give us a sense of the importance of these authors and the authority they should have in our lives and the joy they should bring to our lives as we form a kind of friendship over the centuries, with Paul especially. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, three are mentioned. Why is that? Next time, I'm going to argue that they were all present and significantly involved in the founding of the church in uh, Thessalonica. But here, I just want to observe the fact that there are three and who they are and how they're related to each other. The word we occurs 20 times in this book. So, Paul, Silvanus, uh, and, and Timothy, we ought always to give thanks. To you. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you 20 times, and the word us occurs seven times. So, 27 times in three chapters, a reference to these three people. And the word I occurs how many times? What, do we, what would you think? Two times. Here's the first one in chapter 2, verse 5. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? He's right in the middle of a section on the second coming and the man of lawlessness and the mystery of lawlessness. And it's, it's as though he lapses out of we into I. And when we get to here, 2 5, we'll ask why that is. It's pretty clear why this one is. Here's the end of the letter I. Paul, write this greeting here at the end with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Like, I wrote this. This is mine. I sign all my letters this way. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. So, what's clear here is that Paul is doing the writing. His name is first here because he's the leader of this team. We'll see that in just a moment. Silvanus was chosen to go with Paul second. They picked up Timothy third. This is the order in which the team was formed with Paul as the leader. Now, why? Does Paul feel such a burden to make sure he authenticates every letter that he writes 
with his own hand and to make sure that there's genuineness of Pauline authorship. And the reason is surely that Paul was an apostle in a unique way. Here's the way he describes it in 1 Corinthians 15. Christ was raised from the dead, raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and he appeared. Now, this is the mark of a specially called apostle. They have seen the risen Christ. He appeared to Cephas, that is Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me, also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. So Jesus, the risen Christ, went after Paul late in the game, as it were. He wasn't one of the original twelve. And now he has been met on the Damascus Road, converted. Christ appeared to him and authorizes him as an apostle. And the reason that's so important is because in Ephesians 2, we read this. You Gentiles are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. Now, that's the church built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So the reason Paul needs to identify himself as an apostle is because he is founding these churches and he's providing in his writings the very foundation of the church. Today, we have these writings in the New Testament, and therefore we believe that the Bible, the Old and New Testament, is the foundation of the church. We take our stand on that authority, and Paul describes that authority that he had here in 1 Corinthians 14. If anyone thinks that he is a prophet, or spiritual, he should acknowledge the things that I am writing to you. They are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this authority, he is not recognized. That is absolutely audacious, is it not? Unless it's simply true that Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, appeared to Paul and commissioned him to be one with this kind of authority, which is in fact what Paul says he did and what we believe he did as we read Paul's letters and they have the ring of truth and coherence with all the other apostolic writings. Here in Acts 15:40 we see him choosing Silas or Silvanus. Paul chose Silas for this missionary journey that he's about to launch, the second one, and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of God. So Paul is the leader who chooses his sidekicks. And then they get to Derby and Lystra and they pick up 
Timothy. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. So there we go. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him just like he wanted Silas. He's forming his team out of veterans and newbies, you might say. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were there in that place, in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. So Paul chose Silas, Paul chose Timothy. And that's why we have at the beginning of this letter Paul, Silvanus or Silas, and Timothy. This is the team. Twenty times he refers to the we. So he's including Silvanus and Timothy in his role as a teacher, even though it's clear from the end of the book that he wrote the book. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. So Paul puts his imprimatur, as it were, his stamp of approval on what's been written in the book, and he writes as a team. We'll see next time, because the team was so significantly involved in founding this church. And what a difference it makes to us today, I would say, to realize that Paul has the kind of apostolic authority that he does so that when we read this, we do not read it as the mere opinion of man. These are the very words of the risen Christ as he wanted them taught to his church in order to be a foundation of our faith and life.